invite you to a soul level encounter. Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That's what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. You will hear the music that has charted the steps of their spiritual journey, that has provided a touchstone in the soul's dark night and sung the heart's awe and joy when come to the light. Over the next hour, you will be a witness and companion to our guests' spiritual path and sacred testimony. Welcome to Song of the Soul. The thing about connecting with one good person or thing is that they, in turn, tend to lead us to more good stuff that they are connected with. So, having my friend and musician, Bruce O'Brien, on Song of the Soul about a year ago, led me to today's guest, a real powerhouse of music and purpose, Barbara McAfee. Barbara unleashes her vocal power and intent so generously in her songs, but she also helps other people find their best expression through her mentoring and coaching, which is called Full Voice, the Art and Practice of Vocal Presence. We'll learn more about that in the course of our visit with a wonderful performer and teacher, Barbara McAfee, joining us now by phone from the Twin Cities of Minnesota. Barbara, welcome to Song of the Soul. Thank you, Mark. You're over somewhere near the Twin Cities. How close are you? I am right south of downtown Minneapolis, right on the Mississippi River. And have you been there a long time? Is this native ground for you? I grew up on another river east of here. I grew up in Stillwater, Minnesota, a lovely river town. And I think I've just been jumping from river to river my whole life. So this is my current one of about 12 years I've been living here. Have you checked out your elements? I think my wife, for instance, is significantly air as her element. Some people are earth and fire and water. What are you? Well, it's kind of funny you ask because my approach to voice coaching, which is a big part of the work I do, uses five elements, earth, air, fire, water, and metal. And in that realm, I kind of consider myself everything because I think we all are. I do love being on water and in it fresh preferably. So I was just in, let's see, October 2nd, I was in the St. Croix River in my swimsuit. So that tells you (laughs) what ball I am. (laughs) You've already mentioned, Barbara, about voice coaching, how what a principal part of your life this is. When did you get into that? started very gradually about 25 years ago. I had a lot of trouble finding my own voice, though I was a good choir singer. My worst fear, like many people, was singing alone in front of people, and I wouldn't sing alone in front of anyone. So the fact that I've made seven CDs and I make a lot of my living as a voice coach would come as a total shock to my 13-year-old self, like total shock. I was working as a business consultant, not so much to my surprise, while I was doing my own voice development and I started just doing a little vocal work with my friends and then my colleagues started referring people and one thing led to another. 
I developed this approach that I mentioned, the five elements framework. And then, lo and behold, someone along the way saw me present on that in Atlanta, Georgia, and suggested me to her publisher. And I wrote a book about it called Full Voice, The Art and Practice of Vocal Presence, which also was not a part of my plan. Are you getting a theme here, Mark? (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much anything good happening to me never showed up on any kind of plan ever. I do a lot of work around just helping people find their voice, whatever that means to them. So I'm working right now with a rabbi. I am working with a healthcare executive. I just got an email from someone in Singapore who found my book there and said, anytime you come to Singapore and want to do a workshop, let me know. (laughs) Uh, That has not happened yet. So it's a wonderful kind of midwifery to help people open their voices and, you know, they're connected to everything else about how we bring our gifts into the world and how we live or not. So there's some pragmatic aspects to the work I do, and then there's this beautiful transformational thing that happens along with it. And one of the ways, of course, that you name those things, bring them out, is through the songs that you write and perform. As you mentioned, you have seven CDs of your own. You've got a few singles out there. You're on two collections with, I think, all women in them. I could be wrong about that. But in two group recordings, CDs. How do you want to start your song of the soul to share some of that riches? I think I want to start with World of Wonders, which is the title track of my latest CD, After I wrote it, I realized it was a kind of manifesto. It kind of is like, okay, this is what I'm up to, and this is what I believe, and this is how I want to approach every person I encounter. And I do fall short of that, but that's still, you know, that's what manifestos are for, right? Just to create a stretch. So that's my first choice. World of Wonders by Barbara McAfee. Sublime. When we 
the first gem from Barbara McAfee. It's called World of Wonders. It's actually a title track of one of her CDs. And she's here today for Song of the Soul, sharing about full voice. And it's a book of hers, and as well as a method, a coaching, I guess, method that she uses, the art and practice of vocal presence. Have you been accused of being an idealist or, a, or, or at least an optimist? Yes, although I tend to temper some of that with, I wouldn't say cynicism is ugly, I don't ascribe well to that, but my long-term friend and colleague used to call me a reverent, irreverent person. So I tend to walk into reverence with a strong, weird sense of humor. And sometimes I do get accused of being an optimist, and I don't. I'm getting less and less interested in what people think of me. I think it's part of being in my 50s. One of the songs I just finished, I'm going to record it at some point, is called Grown-Ass Woman. And um, <laughs> <laughs> it's an expression my friend Juanita uses quite often, and, and it does kind of celebrate that freedom from needing to make everybody happy around me. You know, I actually struggle with this. I'm very easy with myself being on the road never taken. It's just fine for me too. But I realize that in terms of communication, that sometimes fails. If, I, if I'd if like to use a word that other person founds, say I'd like to use the N-word, you know, I'm Tom Sawyer, Huckleberry Finn, whatever, right? Use the N-word. That doesn't communicate for someone. Then obviously you've got a problem and that means that I can choose my path, but that means that also someone won't be interested in going anywhere near the path, right? How do you reconcile those kinds of issues? I don't really face that challenge very much because I do think pretty well about who I am with and what I'm encountering. I like to nudge up against things that are uncomfortable for people without being offensive. And usually what the kind of discomfort I'm interested in creating is not like shock or dismay. It's more the confrontation of how beautiful they are, like the song we just played, World of Wonders. I think that is the place I like to confront people with their own freedom with their own beauty, with the absurdity of so many things we take way too seriously, and also the gift of being alive. I, I talk a lot about death in the work I do, because I, I also have a hospice choir. That's one of the groups, group recordings. It's called the Morning Star Singers. And spending so much time in the presence of death, eh, you know, worry me, come on. <laughs> it doesn't, just takes a lot of that, what I consider concerns that are unimportant. It just kind of takes them off the table. Well, let's keep going with your music right away because I'm always afraid we're not going to get in as much of the riches as we have on the platter sitting before us. So what's next? Well, I think it's perfect. It's called Brain Rats. It's become one of my most popular songs, much to my surprise, um, because when I wrote it, I thought, oh, this is just too silly to go anywhere in the world, but I'm having a good time. Well, it turns out it's actually quite popular with people because I think it touches some truths about what it's like inside of many of our heads. Well, let's get it out of our heads and into our mouths by singing along with Brain Rats by Barbara McAfee. Every hopeful notion gives them something new to gnaw. 
I hear them chewing in the night and on and off all day. They've really got my number, all the awful stuff they say. She loves me, but no doubt she's telling lies. And friends are all just enemies in ingenious disguise. There's no one to be trusted, and that's including me. The best approach to human beings is fierce misanthropy. And late at night I count my debts as I fret and toss and turn. I'm one step from the poorhouse. I can't make it on my own. I'll be just like that match girl dying cold and all alone. Brain rats. I've got brain rats. A pestilential blight upon my mind. They torture with such cunning like little marquise de sade they wreak unstinting havoc beneath my cool facade they tell me i'm worse than everyone my problems can't be solved and i'm the piece of crap around which this whole world revolves brain rats i've got There we go, getting you into a Halloween frame of mind with Brain Rats by Barbara McAfee. That's from her recording, While You're Alive. And she's got seven recordings out there. You can get them all from CD Baby. There's a link from her website when you are interested. Brain Rats. I was thinking of other phrases that we have for that. First, I thought monkey mind. No, monkey mind isn't necessarily that. There must be other phrases in the language, but I failed to come up with them. Have you heard other terms? You know, I haven't. I think that is partly why people love this, is it puts a name on something that's kind of universal and human. I have a friend who teaches mindfulness, and she always plays this at the beginning of the first class. So she does connect it to monkey mind. And then there was an executive I worked with in Chicago in in a team, and he was like, he thought I was nuts. You know, he was like the finance guy and incredibly suspicious of this arty, strange woman. And at one point he came up to me after I'd worked with him for a couple months and I had gifted the whole team with the CD that had brain rats on it. And he says, you know, my wife and I, we've started using that term brain rats and it just really helps us. And I thought, oh, well, (laughs) knock me over with a feather. I would have never guessed that this guy would find brain rats useful, but he did. Well, good. It's it's appropriate. Sometimes it's amazing when you discover a concept or find a word for a concept, how that solidifies your ability to deal with it. Do you find that the brain rats that inhabit the minds of men and women differ from one another? Uh, yes and no. I think there are sort of common themes for each gender, 
I noticed many years ago, and I talk about this in the book, that I was working with a group of engineers, helping them open up more of their voices so they could become leaders, the leaders they aspired to be. They were all like a bunch of introvert, engineer, left-brained people, and they were trying to become that creative, really welcoming workplace. So a friend brought me in, and, and I remember at what, that was the moment where it just struck me how men are taught to be dead, that that is the norm for mass, you know, dominant culture masculinity is for men to be dead, to not move, not even wear color. I mean, the generations behind yours and mine, it's, there's some loosening happening there. But in this group, I just noticed that, you know, if they were going to become more alive and more animated in their expression, more facial expression, more gesture, more warmth, that they were going to be, the homophobia was just going to come roaring out. And so I made them swear not to ever tease each other or stand for teasing any man in there, especially in their organization and in their team, for being alive. So that broke my heart. And I think women are, well, two words, Hillary Clinton. (laughs) (laughs) just you know you can't win you know you have to be nice but you have to be powerful but you have to be independent but you have to be soft but you have to be you know and then you have to be skinny and pretty and oh whatever um and you have to be young you have to be young young (laughs) yes and perfect a lot of perfectionism so i think there's a lot of crossover you know what kind of pulls us down it's it's all one culture it just kind of expresses differently I do a lot of the same things, Mark, with singing, community singing. I, I can't not invite people to sing, and it's the same idea that we're told we can't. That's a huge brain rat, and it breaks my heart, and I can't tell you how many Kleenex boxes I've gone through over the years of people feeling like somebody put a curse on them when they were 7 or 9 or 14 and said, oh, you can't carry a tune in a bucket, and they believed them. And most people are fine. There's maybe 2% of the population that are to- like truly tone deaf. But there's so many other people who, you know, they're not going to quit their day jobs, but they sound just fine. So I lead community singing here in the Twin Cities in Minneapolis uh, about once a month, except in the summertime. And we just sit in a big, like we had like 60 people about 10 days ago, sitting in a big circle, all ages, all abilities, and it's all oral tradition, no, no music to read, no parts, you know, that you have to memorize, no performance. And that's been growing here. I've been doing that a long time. And people are always moved and so excited to create this beautiful human experience like dancing that we've been told is just for the professionals. It's sad, but fortunately there's people like Barbara McAfee who bring this gift. As you said, Barbara, act as a midwife to bring it into full birth. And she is my guest today for Song of the Soul, which is a Northern Spirit Radio production. On the web, you'll find us at northernspiritradio.org. O-R-G. And on that site, you'll find more than 11 years of our programs for free listening and download. You'll find connections. So when you want to track down Barbara McAfee's website, it is her name, barbaramcafee.com. There's a link on nordenspiritradio.org for that and more information about Barbara and our other guests. Plus, there's a place for you to post comments. And we do encourage full voice. So please share your voice by posting a comment when you visit 
there's also a place to donate, and that is how this full-time work is supported. It's not by the government, and it's not by corporations. It's because you, the listener, believe in making it go forward. So please click donate when you come. But even more important than that, I'd say we need voice for the people. And one of the ways that that happens, most importantly, is through community radio. So remember to support with your hands, with your wallet, your community radio station whenever you get the chance. Again, Barbara McAfee is here. Amongst other things, her book, Full Voice, The Art and Practice of Vocal Presence. And she's got seven CDs of her own out there, solo CDs and other recordings. And I think we need to keep going on with the riches, Barbara. So what shall we share next? Well, I'm really excited to share this next song. It's called Such As These. It was inspired by three real people I met on one business trip. And it changed the way I see the people who do the underpaid, thankless, often dangerous and drudgery work of the world. Such as these, Barbara McAfee. She's cleaning airport bathrooms, singing gospel tunes. Makes a fine cathedral from that hollow room His eyes on the sparrow, she's singing true Singing, sister, I hope he keeps his eye on you
sweet song such as these it's from barbara mcafee's recording yes and i hear in that song barbara some really deep spiritual overtones undertones tones i think it speaks oodles about your spirituality could you talk a little bit about where you come from where you've gotten to well i've been on a long and winding road spiritually like a lot of us in my generation our generation I was raised Presbyterian and also had a mom who is a very religious, born-again Christian person, and my dad, who was a scientist, agnostic, who never went to church. So in the middle of all that, I was trying to figure out where I fit. Like many people in this generation, I've sort of touched various traditions along the way, and right now I would kind of call myself Buddhist kind of like Buddhist, but not seriously. (laughs) I love that I made that up, Buddhist. I don't know who I'd be without Rumi. Rumi was a big part of my development. I have, I don't know, probably an hour of his stuff memorized, thanks to Coleman Barks' translations. I have been very close and connected to the Jewish community through friends and a marriage, a former marriage. And so I just feel like I've been dining at the Great Buffet, which is a very new thing that we can do now. So it sounds like you're well-fed, and I, I do see it coming out in a number of your songs. There is a, a gentleness and a welcoming that not everyone has. Some people have a filter that they want to bring things in through. Only these things fit. And I feel it to at least some degree in that song. I mean, it, I get such as these really speaks of finding those treasures, uh, what I as a Quaker would call that of God in all of these different situations. Yes, I do think there's, I mean, I have to say another huge piece of my spiritual work has been brought about by being around people who are dying or grieving. I just had a lot of people in my immediate circle die often unexpectedly. We sang our way through those experiences a lot. And then nine years ago, I started this little comfort choir, the Morning Star Singers, kind of based on that experience of when nothing else helps singing somehow makes it more tolerable, more connected. So being present to death and dying and the gift of life, therefore, has been a big, big part of what's made me tick these last years. And that leads directly to the next song I want to suggest, which is called Living Dying Man. This is not on a recording as of yet. I have recorded it. I believe it's available as a single download. I wrote it for my dear friend, Jamie Shokir, who died of ALS just over a year ago now. And he wanted a conscious death, talked about it the whole time. And I wanted to let him know that I had heard him. I heard what he had to say and that his learning and his life and his legacy would live on long after he died. 
So I got to play it for him before he died. Folks, get ready for a really sweet, beautiful song by Barbara McAfee, Living Dying Man. Living Dying Man, you're through with making plans. Tomorrow is a place you will not see. We hate to see you go, and even so we know. Mortality is clarifying Death becomes less terrifying When you look it straight in the eye Time to live, time to die You live and die and well And all the truths you tell any hope you had has finally set you free You've made it very clear Heaven is right here Reality is fortifying Death becomes less mortifying When you look it straight in the eye Time to live, time to die nothing left to do but love and let you go we are just like you we live and die in two and all the lessons that we learned will be there when it is our turn to live into our dying as we do thanks to
another really beautiful song by Barbara McAfee. And Barbara, you do such a good job in passing on the lessons of people. When I asked you before about spiritual influences, you talked, you know, your mother and your father are part of the influences. You know, you're married to a Jewish person, you get some of the gifts of that. Individuals can be so important. I find for myself, by the way, when I was 16, I had a really important transformation happen in me, in part because I had some friends who listened deeply, who we sat together, and I, it became important for me to hear people on that level. And those friends, and it sounds like Jamie was one of those in the world for you. Yes, we met through our publisher, actually, and I'm still very close with his wife, Marin. It was an instant connection, and I have been so blessed all the way along to meet amazing people, and I continue to meet amazing people who open a lot of new vistas for me. And I'm just grateful that sometimes they're stubborn enough to wade through my resistance to the gifts they're bringing to me, (laughs) because sometimes I'm not that open. But with Jamie, it was not a question. It was just an instant, as his wife said, an instant non-sexual crush. We all had a three-way instant non-sexual crush with each other, and I still miss the way he saw me. I'm a piece of work. I'm six foot two, and I'm strong, and there was a way that he came right in. He wasn't a bit intimidated or afraid. He just came in with his heart ablaze, and I still am grateful I got to know him, and I'm still really blown away that ALS can just come and make a big, strong body like that so wasted and helpless. But he did have a good death, which is what he wanted. He had a wonderful, wonderful dying. Well, I'm very aware of the clock ticking down. Let's have some more of your music right away. Yes, and this one is kind of like yoga, you know, one bent one way, this bends the other way. This is What If, and I wrote this based on a comment I overheard in a taxi. I was there with two friends, and the woman was going on and on about how she was on a new raw food diet, and she was enrolled in this coaching course, and this Pilates class, and all this stuff, and going on and on about this apparently very exhausting self-improvement project she was on. And my friend Peter Block, who is a dear friend and mentor, he says, sweetheart, what if you stopped working so hard on yourself and just enjoyed your life? And I went, oh, wow, I am with song. I became instantly with song. So I came home and cooked on it for a while, and this is what happened. What if... How would I live if I knew I was good, unbound, set free from the habits of should? If something deep inside my soul was completely trustworthy, totally whole, how would my days unwind if I overrode that chatter in my mind? Stop tearing myself down for major redesign and just. Live my life Live my life Live my life 
jazzy lounge singer you were listening to is Barbara McAfee. It was her song, What If, and it's from her recording, Yes. We've got a couple songs here today from Yes, and you can check out all seven of her CDs. You'll find a link from barbaramcafee.com to CD Baby where you can get these. What if is such a good question, (laughs) and it's better than why, which is what kids like to ask. That can lead you in a circle. But what if uh, opens up vistas? I'm not really sure, but maybe you are more clear, Barbara, because of your work with Full Voice. I'm not really clear what opens up people to the possibility of seeing the world so differently. I happen to be, I don't know if it's congenital or just exactly what, but I'm not shame-based And I was raised Catholic, and a lot of people think that introduces a fair amount of shame or guilt, and I didn't experience it that way at all. I had a lot of blessing out of it. I mean, Quaker fits better for me now, but that's saying nothing bad about the path that got me here. I'm not sure what takes people away from seeing things negatively, counting their faults, you know, being absorbed in that, and someone who can just embrace the day. I don't either. And... Bless your heart. I mean, not being shame-based must just free up a huge amount of time. (laughs) It does. (laughs) Yeah, it's interesting because I feel like a lot of, you know, I've, I've had the pleasure of working alongside Parker Palmer in the last year or two. And one of the things he says kind of rang true for me is that he wants to put spiritual things in the vernacular. Something like that. He, of course, he was more eloquent because he's Parker Palmer. But I think sometimes <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to do the same thing musically and also through the voice coaching is to help people tap into the greater awareness that is available, I think, all the time, the mystery of being alive, the joy of being alive and, and reconnecting us because I think this loneliness is killing us. You know, the, the lie we are living in that we're separate and alone and especially bad, is just so, I mean, the reason I write about it is because I've struggled with it myself. I just need to keep telling myself the truth. And I think music can sneak by the parts of us that are resistant and 
all of a sudden can find its way into our hearts in a way, or our bodies in a way that a thought or a lecture or a book may not be able to have this whole body reaction to it. So it seems to be a part of my work in the world is to help people remember what's so, that life is a gift and they're beautiful, especially when they're face down in the mud. (laughs) Also, one of the blessings in the world is our mutual friend, Bruce O'Brien, who's the person who connected you up with me. And I did a Song of the Soul interview with him, I think maybe it was about a year ago. I've known him for decades, but I finally got around to doing the interview with him. So, I, folks, you can tune in on NordenSpiritRadio.org and listen to my interview with Parker Palmer, with Bruce O'Brien, and so many other wonderful folks. There's such a, a plethora of light. I don't know if those are mixed metaphors to say that, but anyway. It's, Sounds good it, to me. It's And, of course, you know, Barbara, we have time for one more. So how can we finish off this bouquet of light? I want to insert something that Parker Palmer recently gave me the best compliment I've ever received in my life. And it is now on my webpage. He called me a one-woman burning man festival. (laughs) (laughs) I said, can I put that on my website? And he said, by all means. I still don't know quite what it means, but it it tickles me. So thank you, Parker. I'm going to send us off with the title track of my Yes record, which is called Yes. It's a good bookend to the first one we started with because it feels sort of like if I was going to summarize my spiritual journey, it has been a journey towards From No, which was one of my first songs I ever wrote. I never recorded it. And many years later, I wrote Yes. It is Yes by Barbara McAfee. Surprise May you welcome
that a gospel choir you want to sit in the middle of folks it certainly is for me and i'm so grateful that barbara mcafee brought it with her here today for song of the soul that is yes title track of her cd strong piano you've got some other beautiful music in there and you've got that choir who is that choir barbara oh it's a ragtag assembly of a lot of the morning star singers my little hospice choir and then one of the things I love to do is when I have groups like that that I need choruses for is get people in a recording studio who maybe never had that experience before. So it was a ragtag bunch of my friends and choir members. So, folks, there's many more riches out there. Follow the link from Northern Spirit Radio. If you know how to spell McAfee, you're all the better because it is com. This is a woman you want to get to know. Find her book, Full Voice, The Art and Practice of Vocal Presence, and maybe she can be a coach for you to help you in a more powerful direction. So thank you so much, Barbara, for all this work in the world and for joining me today for Song of the Soul. It was pure joy. Thanks for doing what you're doing, Mark. It's a gift. Thank you to Andrew Jansen for help with production assistance today, and we'll see you next week for Song of the Soul. The theme music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it's called Song of the Soul. My name is Mark Helpsmeet, and this is a Northern Spirit Radio production. You can listen to this program again, track down the list of songs included, and a whole lot more on my website, northernspiritradio.org. And I invite you to share your Song of the Soul with my listeners. Just contact me via my website. And please, join me weekly for Song of the Soul. You can 